0: Welcome to I Might Be a Witch, a book of shadows in podcast form, a.k.a. one woman's recorded journey into witchcraft and spirituality. Hi, I'm Calliope Dawn. That's not my real name, or it might be depending on how you look at it. For the past year, I've been experimenting with witchcraft. I'm not sure I'd consider myself a witch, though. That's what this podcast is about. You're listening to the personal account of a 31 year old woman who you might call a baby witch. More on that phrase later. But for now, let's say I'm learning, dabbling, dipping a toe into the world of witchcraft before fully diving in. And by broadcasting my spiritual journey to the world, Maybe I'll come to the conclusion that I am, in fact, a witch. That is to say, I might be a witch. And maybe you are too. Let's start from the beginning. I'm six years old, and I'm running around my backyard full of wild brambles with a bucket in hand. I find herbs and beautiful stones, and I carefully curate them, deciding which will be deemed useful for my specific purpose. I go into the kitchen and I fill my bucket up with tap water. My mom asks, What are you up to? Making a potion, I reply. She laughs. When the time has come, I go up my secret path to the lilac tree I found in the old untamed gardens behind my house. I put my bucket down and stare into the water. In the shadow cast by my own face and the reflection of the sky, I get lost in the rippling image, and I ask to see the future. Before I know it, I'm 10 years old, and I'm at a slumber party with about 10 other girls. We're eating pizza and drinking Pepsi, stuff I'd never normally be allowed to have, watching MTV and blasting in sync till we're screamed at, Turn it down! Don't make me tell you again! After a few hours of games, gossip, and sugar-induced dance-offs, girls start falling asleep in piles on the floor. Remember the first girl who fell asleep at a slumber party? I was so jealous of her. I was always the last. It's 2 a.m. My friend Georgia and I are eating all the marshmallows out of the box of Lucky Charms. We've got the elementary school version of that glowy buzz you get when you smoke a joint with your BFFs in college. It's delirious and silly and weirdly bonding. We make a pact to stay up all night for the first time. We wander to her big sister's room to sneak onto AOL. AOL. Mind you, when you're ten years old in the year 1999, if you're on AOL past 8 p.m., you're probably up to no good. But Sis is out of town, and this is a rare opportunity. Nicole, another girl from the party, is already in there, glaring at an HTML website with a black background, little pentacle GIFs floating around the page. She says to us in a low, dead serious voice, "'You guys ever heard of Wicca?' The mood in the room shifts, Nicole is the type of girl who seems much older than she actually is. More so than hitting puberty before the rest of us, she has a sadness in her eyes that makes me think she's been through something I won't ever understand. She's also the smartest person I know. In other words, you don't mess with Nicole, but you listen to her. So, she leads us into the wild, uncharted territory of the web— We read about familiars, spellcasting, rituals, crystals, gods, and goddesses. Before dawn, we start a book of shadows. Before dawn, we start a coven. My mom picks me up early. I've never stayed up all night before, so I'm exhausted, thrilled, and obsessive. I don't even care that my stomach hurts from eating candy and cold pizza at 6 a.m. I'm way more excited about my new life as a Wiccan. I want to tell my mom about it. At this point in my life, my mom is my best friend. She's cooler than all the other moms. She'll get it. Don't be afraid. Just tell her. I strike up the courage. So, me and Georgia and Nicole started reading about Wicca. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but it's not, like, bad. We read all about it. It's really cool, like a club, and we're just going to hang out, and there's actually a pretty cool history about it. She's quiet. Well, if you want to try something like that, just make sure you talk to Anne-Marie first. Anne-Marie is our minister. So let me be clear. My family wasn't super religious. Going to church was just a thing we had to do. Like Easter or Christmas, it was more about doing it for the sake of doing it rather than having some heavy spiritual meaning behind it. My dad used to bribe us with gum and peppermint patties to get us to go to church. I liked the music and the coffee cake and the playground we'd go to after we obediently played along for the duration of the service. My church was also a hip, progressive church. We were cool with the gays, which was an okay thing to say back then. Anne-Marie was a very chill minister, the chillest— Still, the idea of talking to her about Wicca puts my stomach in knots. I get quiet in the back seat. There's a silence as my mom and I drive. I suddenly feel so stupid and ashamed for wanting to be Wiccan. So I put the idea to rest, and I never talk to my mom about it again. I start to keep a journal for myself. It's got black pages, and I use milky pens to draw stars and fairies all over it. I have a crystal I got from a spiritual shop in my town. They have Native American art, essential oils, and the shop is sunlit and musty at the same time. It's my happy place on the busy main street of our little town. One night, in the dead of winter, there's a full moon. I sneak out of my house. The air is still, like you can hear forever, but the moon is close— and the light bounces off the shiny blanket of snow. I'm standing in a world between bright bluish-white coming from above and below. It's one of those nights that feels like the daytime on another planet. I collect a handful of snow and thank the moon. When I get back inside, I put the snow and the crystal in a jar, and I carefully place it on the illuminated windowsill. I write in my journal my recipe for moon water, get into bed, and doze off to the sight of my magic-taking place. Okay, fast forward to two years later. I'm in middle school. There's this neighborhood block party that happens on Fridays during the summer, and kids of all ages play together. Well, there are the teenagers, and then there are the little kids. They hang out in separate groups, and there I am, somewhere in between. I end up talking to one of the older girls, Julia, and after successfully getting initiated into the teenager group, she invites me to hang out at her house. She talks about drinking beer, babysitting, and among other things, putting people into a trance. I'll show you. It's really cool. I watch as she massages the temples of her friend lying relaxed on the floor. Circles and dots, circles and dots, circles and dots, circles and dots... dots until she feels, I guess based on pure intuition, it's time to stop. "'Where are you?' Julia asks. "'I'm in the library at school,' the friend says drowsily and almost bluntly. "'I don't know if they're faking it, but something in me tells me this is real.' After she takes her friend on a journey through a specific space and time— She gently pulls her friend out of this state. I'm not scared, just intrigued, and caught between complete absorption and disbelief. "'It's better to do it by candlelight on a full moon,' she says with a twinkle in her eye. "'Julia is very clear to give me the ground rules before parting. "'If you sense they're getting scared or nervous, pull them out immediately,' You're there to guide them through a positive experience. You should never do this unless you know what you're doing. I nodded. But a few months later, I tried it myself. I think there's a correlation between witchcraft and the weird rituals girls do at slumber parties. It's like fantastic feminine folklore passed down from who knows when. Think about it. We weren't just telling ghost stories. We were doing Ouija boards, reading horoscopes, playing cat scratches. That's that freaky game where one girl wakes up with mysterious scratches all over her back. I mean, we were levitating each other. A few weeks after I sort of learned how to do it, I decide I'm an expert in putting someone into a trance. I'm surprised with myself, but I also give the moment a certain amount of reverence. So in a way, it actually feels pretty natural. I'm there to offer and receive full trust. Not to mention, being the one at the party who can put someone into a trance makes me feel empowered. I continue to practice this little superpower of mine during the course of the year, saving it for truly special occasions. Until the next summer. The summer when I'm 13, the trance doesn't go according to plan. I'm at sleepaway camp for the first time. Here we are, a group of girls sneaking around the dorms past bedtime, swapping stories and goofing off. It's a beautiful time, because this summer is the last summer before we all truly become aware of our bodies, and self-doubt hasn't quite crept in yet. But teenage hierarchies are just on the verge, so inevitably there's one girl in the group who kind of gets pinned as the nerdy one. I know, middle school girls are the absolute worst. Stephanie is sweet, though, and we all want to be friends. She gets pressured into being put into a trance. I assure her I've done it many times, and we'll all be there to support her. She's hesitant, but she finally agrees. She lays her head in my lap, and I begin. Circles and dots, circles and dots, circles and dots, circles and dots... Where are you? She doesn't respond. Can you hear me? Where are you? Stephanie's body gets tense, and her face scrunches up a little. Stephanie! No, she says. No, no, no. Her voice cracks, and her body starts to shake. Wake her up, one of the girls says. Stephanie! Stephanie, you're here. No, no, no. Her body convulses, and she's sweating and crying. The girls start to panic. We gather around her and jostle her, trying to get her to snap out of it. Finally, she opens her eyes and gasps. She looks terrified and weak, and her face is pale. I never put someone into a trance again. This moment marks the end of my childhood intrigue in the Woo. The following year, when I'm 14, I get really into Jesus. I become more religious than anyone in my family. The major reason is that the popular kids at school are all in youth group and I want to fit in. But there's an underlying reason, too. I'm terrified of death. On a side note, I'm fortunate that no one close to me has passed away extremely fortunate. I consider that an enormous gift. But death did make himself known in a devastating moment when I was ten years old. I'll do an episode on death at another time. We're just getting to know each other. Back to the story. So, I'm fourteen, I'm terrified of death, and the cool kids love Jesus. I attend youth group meetings, go on retreats, and I'm praying every night. Prayer for me was a ritual even though I didn't really know who God was. Over the years, he shifted from this cartoonish Simpsons-esque man with a beard in the sky, to a faint image of a patient, listening friend, and finally to a simple sense of quiet and calm that would help me drift off to sleep. But I pray anyway, because I have to prove to someone that I'm a good Christian. I wear my cross with pride. I attend Bible study, I want to flirt with boys in youth group, and I hope that they'll talk to me at school. Plus, if I get confirmed, I get my very own Bible with my name in it, and a neat bookmark with long, colorful ribbons. To be honest, church is about belonging. At its best, I feel good about doing charity work. At its worst, it taught me that we would all be judged someday, so maybe it makes sense to judge others. High school, and I'm accepted into an AP World History class, which feels really impressive. I'm a 14-year-old taking a college-level course. I never thought I'd be smart enough for it, and let me tell you, I struggle, and my test scores are terrible. But in this same year, I get confirmed into my church. I learn about the history of world religions, Reading about early paganism, Hinduism, Buddhism and discovering that, surprise, the Abrahamic religions are all pretty similar, is a shock to the system. I start feeling less like praying and more like panicking. But I cast my feelings aside and I avoid thinking about my relationship to God. Something is bubbling under the surface and I'm not ready to meet it. And it's doubt. listening to I Might Be a Witch. Spirituality is an incredibly personal thing, so thank you for tuning in with an open mind. I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Instagram at I Might Be a Witch podcast, and I'll see you next time.